welcome to Inside Legion, the show that takes place inside David Holler's mind. I'm Alexander Zalbin. I'm Justin Thomas Tyler. <laughs> wow. I'm Peter William LePage. That's your middle name? Yeah. Oh, Boo. <laughs> Peter Bill. <laughs> We're talking Peter about Bill, the uh, third, fourth episode of Legion? Uh, fourth. fourth. The fourth episode. Fourth episode. We should probably figure out the stuff going into it before we get on a hot mic. But we're talking about the fourth episode of Legion, which I would argue is the weirdest episode yet. And that's saying a lot. It's great that this show finally had the balls to do something abstract. (laughs) Right. And really tell something uh, Mm -hmm. without a narrative Mm -hmm. with maybe some images that we don't quite fully understand. Right. Oh, I've understood everything in this episode. Did you? I could break it all down for you. Oh, yeah? Okay. Well, let's be quiet for the rest of the show and let Pete explain what happened. Pete's so so good at normally explaining the plots of this. So this uh, really be great. Ah, dig in, everybody. (laughs) Let's not do that. First, let's bring everybody up to speed with what's going on when you come into this episode. So David Holler is a mutant. He Mm -hmm. may be the most powerful mutant alive as far as we know in the show. He has telekinetic powers as well as telepathic powers. Um, We, being comic book readers and you guys watching the show, probably know that there's something a little more going on. He may have just a couple more powers going on there. He fell into a coma at the end of the last episode. Mini at, coma. It's a mini coma. Yeah, like, like a little coma. A yeah, cute yeah. coma. <laughs> and uh, while this is all going on, his sister has been kidnapped by a maybe evil, maybe good, but probably evil organization called Division 3. He is at a place called Summerland that seems to be helping mutants, but maybe it's not. Basically, we don't know where anybody's alliances lie at this point. We don't know what's real and what's fake. And that's the concept of the show in essence. Yep. Yeah. I know it's real. But uh, we save that for the end. Yes, yeah. we do save that for the end. What did you guys think about this episode? We were talking about it a little bit before, and I think everybody loved it, right? Yeah. I. It was a little crazy and all over the place, but I really love this show. And normally, I wouldn't love all this madness, but the way they've set up this show, it really fits right in. And even though it seems insane, we got a lot of information in this show. And we know a lot more now than we did in the last episode. Really? Yeah. I'd be curious to hear what you think you know. Yeah, what do you think you know, Pete? I, well, don't, mean that, know. I don't mean that in an in insulting way. Right. I mean, I mean in an insulting way. I'm always a little insulting you in everything yeah, I say. That's true. But I'm just saying, like... We don't know, know anything. We well, maybe we think we know. we definitely know, know some stuff now. All right, let's hear it. So we know, know that he is so powerful, he kind of controls reality as far as even when they're in his brain, he is aware of it and doing putting defenses up and right. has all these kind of like stop gaps and in information. And we also now know that the fat man or the man with the yellow eyes is him. Oh. Do we know that? Yeah, we do. Because when he was screaming, it morphed into him. Well, no, I think that was uh, actually everyone was combining their powers to get him into the next level because it was him and it was uh, Aubrey Plaza and then um, the uh, normal sized man uh, with the right you know, the, the perfectly fine man. Yeah, then the great. Can we at least say he has a big chin? <laughs> <laughs> he does have All a big. Right. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. I guess we could also chowl. call him the man with the yellow eyes, which is a non. But I feel like they're more of a maze. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. 
um, more of a silky corn color. Exactly. Thank sure. you for Googling that. I, I know what maize is. Do you, Alex? I've been you to took a long I've pause, been... <laughs> and you really had to think you'd go back to your fourth grade. I've been to fall festivals oh. many a time. What a brag. He's always bragging about <laughs> the seasonal festivals. Hey, what's your favorite part of being in a corn maze? I love everything about it. Really? I find them terrifying. Oh, really? Yeah. Corn mazes? Yeah. You ever been in one at night? Yeah. At night? Yeah. They're scary. You guys were in that corn maze together. <laughs> Wait. Remember? Why are you scared of a maze? No, corn maze. Yeah, I know what a corn maze is, man. In, I grew up in upstate New York, bro. With the corn, anything can come out of it. Well, yeah, but you're assuming that there are evil things in the corn maze. There are often. No. I, movies, sorry, I not, just want to explore for a second that Pete, the guy who believes that people are going to murder each other at uh, the drop of a hat, right. you're not worried about evil things coming Something out of the Something about being in a maze feels, feels safe. I feel safe <laughs> in a crazy. maze. I feel safe in a maze. <laughs> they put mice in mazes to terrify them, and they can try to chase I, cheese. I don't know. Maybe it's all the experimentation that I had to go through as a child. What experimentation? <laughs> yeah, it's summer lands. Uh, no, but actually, uh, that I actually used to go might to a one. maze a lot as a kid. So, like, I don't know. I've always... Wait, what? Yeah. What, Your parents would you drop you off in a maze and No, like, there was you talking about? You used to go to a maze a lot. <laughs> well, there was this <laughs> thing where it was, like, next hey, to you a wanna, theme park. What do you want to do today? You want to go to the movies or the maze? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I always wanted to go to the maze. What maze? Did you ever figure your way out? Uh, yeah, I once won the t-shirt. What's the t-shirt? It's, so basically, they had this thing where it was all fences, We're and they head. and they changed it so it was never the same maze twice. Basically, you got a, a a time card, and you would clock in, and then you'd run in the maze, and there was another time card that was disguised as cheese. It was painted to look like cheese, and you would have to clock that and then find the exit. But the part problem is sometimes you find the exit before you found the cheese. Oh man, it was crazy. But one time, I did it fast enough where I won a t-shirt. Wow, that's a big day. Uh, I love Macy's. Did you grow up in a Victorian nightmare? (laughs) (laughs) I honestly don't know how we could go on with the rest of the podcast (laughs) here. Well, let's let's talk about Maze Mania. Let's talk about the uh, big guest appearance in this episode. So David is stuck in his own mind. Everybody else is exploring his mind, or at least trying to explore the mystery of where his sister is, how they can get him out of the coma, all the stuff, all at the same time. But in his mind, special guest star Jermaine Clement from. Flight of the Concords. What do you think is going on with him, and what did you think about his character, Pete? Uh, Holy, like, fantastic suit that he's wearing. Very 70s, tripped out. Um, Yeah, that was... Like, where the fuck is that? It was insane. I thought his character was very weird to me. It was almost, like, weird for no reason, but uh, I liked how he kind of started as like somebody who wasn't sure of himself and then kind of it really grew from there. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought he was an amazing casting choice. I thought that was a great, yeah, he was cool. He's so he's, um, our, the, our white queen, uh, quote unquote, uh, that's her husband. And he is uh, stuck in what I think is an aspect of David Holler's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to think that, um, I mean, this is getting to what I think for the whole sort of take on the whole show, but I don't think anything's real. 
I think everything is taking place uh, inside David's head, even Summerland. And so all of these people are uh, vying for control of David Holler and trying to like figure out what's going on. We keep coming back to the image of the shouting crowd around him, and I think right. that's what that's sort of the touchstone of the whole show. And like we we're seeing flashes yeah, we of didn't the man see that till like the last episode. Yeah, I, they're revealing it slowly, like uh, like a, some sort of drama. Uh, it, we see the man in the, uh, Jermaine Clement uh, in the underwater suit. He flashes in front of Gene Smart in Summerland. Right. How is that happening? Unless Summerland is also inside David's brain. Well, I mean, he could also part he of his could power have powers. Could, yeah, yes. he could have the power. You, projection. Did you see him like that? Make that door appear. That was power. That was cool. So, Something that happens in a brain, perhaps. I also did. You notice that the ladder he climbed was the same shape as Philly's earrings. Uh, yeah. uh, that yeah. is a g- you, yeah. you pick that up as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You sound like you're, yeah. Sound like you're no, it, I thought that was very clear. So I think I think she why use that as a symbol unless she's inside his brain as well. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that also makes sense why the episode kicked off with Jermaine Clemens' character talking directly to camera, yeah. which is something that was not followed up on. No, and that's the sort of thing where. Either he knows that we exist, which is a very Mr. Robot weird thing to do, or alternately he was talking to David, and we are in David's mind as well as everybody else being in David's mind. So I do I do agree. That's a little bit of a tip of the hat, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that the characters themselves aren't real. And one of the other aspects I thought was interesting is that our white queen, is that Melanie's husband, the one that we are hearing the voice coming out of the coffee maker and the voice coming out of the elevator? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. She didn't get is, coffee right? at all in this episode. No, no she didn't. No, she went to his uh, frozen office where he uh, is trapped in that suit. Right. And something happened at some point, clearly, with him in the past. We don't know what that is yet. Something tragic. And it feels like he's trapped in there. Like, maybe he has ice powers but maybe he has other powers. I feel like maybe he's frozen there because he right. died or something. If we're saying if Summerland is existing in the real world, then I would think David absorbed him mm-hmm. and Gene Smart's trying to get him out of David's brain and back into his body, which is on ice. This is all crazy talk. Well, there were, two, uh, there were two other things, speaking of crazy talk, two other things that we found that we've been tricked about this entire time with just in terms of playing with the narrator. The first one, I don't want to ruin Sherlock for anybody. So if you haven't watched this season of Sherlock, you know, put earmuffs on Stop right now, bringing it other shows into this show. You're right. We shouldn't relate things to the world of entertainment, right? <laughs> nothing. Literally nothing has any relation to each other, including this show to X-Men comics, for example. Great. Okay. Ha ha, Peaches turned red and his head exploded. It was awesome. Yeah. He went to the maze in his mind. <laughs> maze mania. Uh, the uh, lack of a dog. He doesn't really have a dog, we find out. We've been watching all the scenes yeah. of him, King. we thought, as a kid, running around with, we thought, his but sister also, and a they dog. said that before, that it wasn't a dog. That's, this is the second time they've said that. No, they haven't. Yeah. Well, they said it twice in the episode. Or they talked right. about the dog twice. No, 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 no. There was a time where it was like, no, they said, yeah, and your brother. And then they said, no, that wasn't your brother. That was a dog. 
Uh, so that's the second oh, time right. that, that got corrected. Yes. I like the fact that you're paying even closer attention to the show than we are, Pete. I appreciate that. Well, well, I don't know about more than me, but oh, definitely uh, more than you. Yeah, I <laughs> fell asleep during this episode. Are you serious? I was very tired. It was really late. Oh, just a little well, bit. Just a for nice, one it's scene. sort of a nice thing to do because there's so much dream logic and dream imagery in this. Yeah, you must have weird dreams. In this episode. And, yeah, well, it was during one of the Jermaine Clement scenes, and it was literally for like 10 seconds I fell asleep, but I closed yeah. my eyes and I was like, what is going on? You missed everything. Oh, my yeah. God. God, it was crazy. So he doesn't have a dog. Uh, Banner year for people imagining their dogs between this and Sherlock. Yeah, that's cool. It's a cool thing to do. It's a pretty cool thing to do. The other cool thing to do is get rid of Aubrey Plaza. Pete, you must have been pretty soaked about this. Fuck you getting rid of... She came back at the end of the episode. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But it turns out that Lenny, his friend, is not real. It's actually Benny. Yeah. A guy, a dude. Well, we don't know that. Well, we don't know really anything, right. but what do you guys think about this twist? I mean, it was a pretty was big part of the I very upset because Audrey Plaza is amazing in this role, mm. and that dude sucked. Uh, <laughs> Awful <laughs> actor. Well, you, you didn't even say <laughs> you didn't anything. anything. Dude, I saw him for like two seconds. It was the worst. You didn't like him because he uh, was carrying a little weight. No, I didn't like him because he wasn't Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, first the man with the yellow eyes who is a normally proportioned person, you, and now Benny, also a normally proportioned person. You can person. try to put this on me that... All I'm saying is that you are uh, being a body differential, and I don't like and it. And I hate to correct you, Alex, but he's the man with the corn maze eyes. <laughs> uh, right. Also, stop talking about mazes. I'll go off track. I get lost um, in his eyes. I... I I just was mad that he wasn't Audrey Plaza. He, here's Aubrey Plaza. Here's what I think is happening. Uh, the, Ob, the, the Lenny, the Aubrey Plaza character is running David at that time, and Benny is the drug dealer. You get, there you is no Benny, that? dude. Huh? It's there, Aub, Aubrey Plaza. No, that's your weird nonsense No, theory. but, okay, so we do know if we are following the current logic that Lenny was in Clockworks because she ended up in the wall because Sid knows about that. And right. she saw Sid dying and other people saw Sid dead. Uh, not, excuse me, saw Lenny, Lenny dead. So we know that Lenny existed. But before that, it seems like David, in his mind, has replaced... Benny with Lenny, who he met later. Uh, the big thing I think that indicates is that, which we kind of knew already, but it, it tells the characters in the show this, uh, David is entirely unreliable. He, everything that he has told them, everything that he's expressed to them may or may not be true. And I, I don't even think necessarily that he has an agenda there. He just, he doesn't know what is real and what is not real at this yeah. point and can't sort them out together. Yeah, and so gotta, we don't either. So that's got to be tough. Yeah. That is really got to be tough. Yeah, Plus, really tough I feel really bad for his girlfriend, you know, because she's like, who am I in love with? Sid. You know? yeah. uh, she's not real. She's an aspect of his personality. Dudes, don't say that. Just like your current girlfriend. Fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah, we've Fuck been meaning you, to talk man. to you about it. I'm sorry to tell you, but Frida is not real. <laughs> you don't know that. No, you just occasionally slip into another voice, Frida's voice, and you talk yeah. to us like you're Pete's girlfriend. Yeah, don't you... Guys, you've met Frida, okay? Don't act like you haven't met Frida. Right, Remember the you... girl with the unibrow who loves to paint? Yeah. That you met in the corn maze? Yeah, she's beautiful. <laughs> she found the cheese with you? Yeah, we had a romantic date. <laughs> it's not a first time. It's not a romantic date. <laughs> Stop. I, think we'd, I don't want to shatter your personality and send you in some sort of psychosexual adventure. But. <laughs> Please do. But you that might. sounds like fun. The other thing that I thought was super fascinating in a scene uh, that, again, indicates that there's a lot more going on is Tonomy goes into David's memory and finds a memory 
inside the memory. Yeah. Which very Deadpool. Very Deadpool. Yeah. It's a, yeah. I mean, that, that was done as a joke, but I think in this way, even they know something is wrong with David's memory. Something is wrong with his mind beyond what we think it is. What do you think is going on? Yeah, I, li- I especially like the way they shot that, uh, the way he sort of scanned back yeah. and forth, like when yeah. you're trying to uh, pick a scene in a TV show you're watching yeah. online. Um, so then we see a scene of Philly going to the doctor uh, in the lighthouse, who we later mm-hmm. see um, our little team go to. Um, yeah, I think it's just... Did you got? Go ahead. Did you guys freak out when they went and saw Philly? And then Sid was like, but oh, wait, wait, wait. Like, because he was, he's all walking away, like, yeah. abort the mission. And so Sid- they go to the travel agency, yeah. uh, sorry, the real estate place where Philly is currently working, and they interrogate her so Tanami can explore her mind at the same time. Yeah. And Sid goes into jealousy mode. I thought that was great. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think it was jealousy mode. She just wants to gather information. No, it was totally jealousy mode. No, she was, totally- she was like, well, what? You know, why did you guys break up? I think it was just a normal question. Wants to gather information. Absolutely. She's now not. realizing I'm dating someone who may or may not be telling me the truth. Yeah. So she wants some information. Wait, I don't think you it was think... jealous. I think you're putting that on her. Definitely I think it was jealousy. jealousy. Yeah, it was definitely jealousy. jealousy. Oh, she, two she met men David's ex. saying that about a woman. Oh, so are How we talking to Frida? You? Are we talking to Frida right now? Uh, but anyways, <laughs> I the thought, only woman on the Is podcast. she here right now? I want to talk to Frida. <laughs> <laughs> I really felt like... Uh, it was uh, a really cool moment on Sid's part to be like, I'm not walking away from this. This is important to me. And then also what Frida said back freaked me the fuck out. Uh, Pete, the character's name is Philly. You just said Frida. <laughs> oh, shit. I did. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Th- what, what Philly said back was amazing. <laughs> Didn't you guys? Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell him they're watching. They're what? I mean, what? Yeah, she that was. Knows. She knows. Everybody knows. She every knows. single thing is infiltrated. That certainly helps your theory, Justin, that yep. everything is taking place inside David's mind Fuck because Jesus. everybody knows everything yep. that's going on. Uh, there's so much. Yeah, everyone's connected in the sort of the music montage. All the characters and the fight sequence at the end. All the characters are feeling the fight sequence. Like yeah. every th- every character we've seen in the episode is that going through the same thing. So they're in the same body. They're in the same mind. So they're all feeling the fight. Also, if you notice, all the, the, the mutants, their powers are like about switching. It's about switching personalities, mm-hmm. uh, going back and forth between the uh, Carrie the scientist and Carrie the uh, yeah. girl that fights. Oh, uh, I love... It's I mean, body switching powers. It's all about the same mechanism that runs Legion's But brain. didn't you... Haven't you always wanted to have a Carrie in your life where like one person who likes doing the boring shit and then the one person who just gets to fight? Yeah, Goofus and Gallant. Well, let's talk about that character a little bit. So you got Bill Irwin and the girl. Uh, Yeah, I definitely know everybody's character's name, so Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. Uh, But they both, we find out what's going on with them in this episode. Their power, if you can call it a power, is they both inhabit the same body. Why wouldn't you call that a power, asshole? Um, it's It's a quirk. It's not exactly a power. It's like when you have a roommate. Yeah. In your apartment. Right, but in your That's body. That's power. He was in two places at once. That's a power. He's in two places at once, kind of, but he 
she is able to come out of his body. She only ages when she is outside of his yeah, body, but otherwise cool. they share the same body. Cool. It's like in my apartment. Like I only age when I leave my apartment. <laughs> oh man, I that's such bad true. news for you. What? Uh, yeah. Nothing. What do you Don't worry about it. What did you think about this character? I thought it was kick ass. Yeah, yeah, I love cool. the fact that beyond all the trippy stuff and all the uh, exploration of the human mind and what it means to be human and what it means to have powers and all this, the action in the show is also amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's really well done. I also liked like she all the episodes. She's like, I want to fight. I want to fight. And yeah. then she gets to fight, and she's sort of not great. What? what? She gets beaten instantly. No, no. She had a. She took out a bunch of people before that, and then she got surrounded, and then she got. She, she was shot. I mean, she was going to no, fight she, her way out. She got beaten up, and then she, she saved the characters' lives. By yeah, she did. I like that she was kind of dressed like Jubilee a little bit. Yeah. So I wanted her to be Jubilee, but she wasn't Jubilee. Yeah. Also, I loved how, no. like, when she finally got to fight and, like, do stuff, like, the smile on her face really was heartwarming. Yeah. To see her, like, love the rage. Let's talk about what happens at the end of the episode. Yeah. So there's a big fight with the eye. Uh, David... Try goes after what he thinks is the eye, but the eye and Sid have switched. Yes, Pete, uh, you have a question. You're yeah, raising I, just your before we get to that fight, I wanted to say something that bothered me about the show. Sure, is that commercials? Sid, uh, yes, uh, with Sid, her power is switching, and mm-hmm. we know that's her thing. So it bothers me that there isn't. If she's been on a team for a while, they don't have a code for when she's not her. Like you don't have some kind of like hand gesture to be like, uh, you know, to be like, hey, this isn't actually me. Like, why are we acting like this is the first time she switched? And when she's not her, why is instead of running and being like, no, use your words. And be like, hey, boyfriend, the, I'm over here. That's all she had to do that drove me insane. It's almost like they're not a team and they're just like different aspects of the same guy. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I I agree with Pete. I mean, just in the span of watching it as a TV show, regardless of what's actually going on, I think it's a little frustrating to see the old, no, wait, I have information to tell you, but later, yeah. that sort of thing where it's just, just come out and say it. I, here's the excuse I made up for myself that I don't know is exactly correct. I think when Sid goes into another body, she takes on aspects of that body. So the eye is very monosyllabic and she jumps into him and that's all she can say. That's all she is saying, but she's kind of like that person. Well, they should they have even, some kind of like gesture of like, but I, even beyond that, these aren't a team of X-Men training right. in a danger room. This is a team of, like basically like researchers who live in a house and they're desperate to figure out David Holler, but they're not like workshopping their, uh, their black ops. I uh, guess, I guess I'm so used to, but they kind of are. I mean, that's not exactly true. The, the first episode they broke David out of clockworks and they were working as a big team. And every single episode since Melanie has talked about how they do have to train. They do have to learn how to fight back. They've talked about how David, they want him to get to that point. So I do think there's an aspect of the organization at Summerland that we haven't seen yet or don't know about yet. Uh, That also said, we don't know across the board how trained they are as fighters. We don't know if there's like an X-Men division and then an Xavier school division or that separation there because they haven't really explored anything beyond them being involved with David. And that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they are that. I don't think they're an elite fighting squad. Yeah, definitely that part was clear. 
But the, it, in that first episode, when he got broken out, it did seem like they were a little bit more of an elite. Do you, Pete? Do you think they're the world's most awesome fighting team? No. Are no, they Ninja Turtles kids and green? Wow. wow. <laughs> Very coy. Yeah. Very All right. Cute. Let's talk about the end of the episode. Is that okay, yes. Peter? Do you yes. have any other questions for me? Are there any other hand signals? Oh, you got that one. Oh, you got that. The finger. <laughs> he <laughs> gave us the finger showing he's a master of hand signals. Unlike uh, Sid and the eye. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Letty. Lenny's bad guy now. Definitely. I mean, not definitely a bad guy, but at the very end of the episode, she is in Legion uh, David's childhood room, goading him on, saying, we got to get out there. We got to get out there. Come on. We got to take care of this. And at the very end of the episode, she has the slicked back hair, evil look on her face, standing behind Legion. She wraps her fingers around his shoulder and I don't know if you saw this, but if you look closely, her fingers are like rotten or something. There's yeah. something wrong with them. And I don't know if it's her and a combination of the man with the yellow eyes or what exactly is going on. But I'd love to hear from you guys what you think was going on at the end of that episode. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, she looked like the Jared Leto Joker when she was all slicked back like <laughs> oh. that. I was like, she did have oh. that big damage tattoo yeah. right across <laughs> her know, forehead. Very subtle. Yeah. It, it really looked and like. it was a Oscar winning costume design yeah. she was wearing, <laughs> cool, which was cool, very cool. nice. What a bunch of facts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't think Aubrey was evil. I just felt like she was trying to, coax him into doing something for his own good. I don't. I didn't walk away thinking that Arby Plaza was evil. Well, you're crazy because she looks insane and she's grabbing him with an evil hand. Uh, whatever, you know, people go through different parts of sanity, insanity, but I, I don't think that just because she makes one thing that she's automatically evil. Well, I don't, I don't know... Evil is probably too strong a word. What I do think is, since we know she is part of his mind, she's definitely an id part yeah. of his mind. She's unhinged, you might yeah. say. She's yeah. the part that's like, go ahead and do it. And yeah. that's what she's been since devil the first on the episode. Shoulder. She's the one that said, go after Sid. Uh, you know, do exactly what you want. Just She's always saying, go for it, go for it, go for it. And this is that taken to an extreme. What that means for David, whether David... I think we're going to see switching allegiances from David at some point. I think David is going to go bad in as much as you can go bad in this show um, before he ends up good again, because we've been seeing this journey towards being a superhero, but I don't think that's what the show is about. It's not about training him up to be a superhero. Well, yeah. And I, I think he's, well, I hope you're wrong. I think he's always going to struggle. struggle. The, whole, the whole point of the character is that there's all these diff- different forces trying to, to fight for control of the, of the, the powerful mutant of Legion and he's not going to just get over that. I think this the whole first season feels like a journey of self-discovery where he's going to figure out who he is and what his powers are. Just like this podcast is a journey to finding out who we are. Yeah, I know. And we've learned a lot about Pete today, uh, <laughs> for sure. So uh, let's, this is a real Pete episode. Cool. Before we wrap up, anything else from the episode you guys wanted to mention, you well, want to talk about? I've, n- I've noticed uh, about Sid, she has this orange ribbon that she wears. Yep. And it keeps moving. Sometimes it's a... Uh, in her hair, sometimes it's around her neck. Right. In this episode, she was wearing an orange coat, and I feel like it's it's symbolic. Um, if there is a Sid in the real world, or there was, or or like some, there's some sort of code there. I think the uh, biggest question I have about it is: you see it as orange because I see it as red. Really? Yeah. Hey, Frida, what do you think? Uh, I'm colorblind, so I'm the wrong guy. Oh my oh god! My god. <laughs> this is terrible. Well, if you had to guess, uh, I thought it was red. 
Yeah. It really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, thought it was red. I thought it's a red ribbon and a red coat. I will say, though, uh, my wife has a very similarly colored coat, and I think we've had the same discussion where I said, oh, that's a red coat, and she said, no, it's an orange coat. Oh, yeah, no. it's definitely orange, then. Yeah, so I have <laughs> some sort of colorblind. weird selective color blindness, I guess. Uh, great stuff. Uh, um, the brain. It's a magical thing. Yeah. I, I really thought that this episode overall was, like, uh, really tripped out, but I really... Do like the fact that we're getting information and we don't know what to do with it yet. I'm, I'm very impressed with the way they're piecemealing these episodes. And each episode, I feel like I'm getting more, but I don't know everything. And it's like, it's it's not frustrating, but it, there's something kind of cool and enjoyable about it. Here's one thing that we didn't talk about was we didn't talk about what's going on with David's sister. So she yeah. is in the prison that I keep wanting to say District 3, that Division 3 has. She finds the psychiatrist, the therapist from Clockworks, is on the other side of the prison with her. They have a conversation. That's when we find out that David never had a dog. What do you think about this whole scenario, and what do you think about the sister in the episode? Because for me... I felt like we saw her really stepping up in yeah. a way, which was kind of, it, it was surprising. We, I, it was not a development that I expected to see her being so calm and collected and relatively proactive. Yeah. Um, I mean, this sort of dovetails in with my theory about uh, this, the series, um, sort of our what is real question. Um, because I think watching that stuff at, uh, with the sister there, I think that's at Clockworks. And I think um, I think David never left Clockworks. I think the whole show is hit, the eye is the doctor trying to restore order to David Holler's brain, and all these personalities keep shifting and gaining and losing control. And the sister is there, um, and they're they're going to use her as a the only way that truly to truly reach David is through his sister. Uh, so I think um, the eye is just uh, a doctor examining him. If they were just in different rooms, I would be so fucking pissed. I think that's what it is. No, that's, that's, my, that's, that's my that's my yeah, so, theory. Uh, when we ask, okay, we'll ask at the we ask this at the end of every episode. But what is real? You're going to say his sister still, just his sister, just and his clockworks. Mm, interesting. Uh, what about you, Pete? What is real in this episode? Uh, I think it's all real. I still think Aub- Aubrey Plaza is real. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think that like we don't know the full extent of his powers yet, and that kind of uh, manipulates information, but it's still, there is a truth to so all of it. So they're all wandering around just to fun. Like that lighthouse is like down the street somewhere. Yeah, it's somewhere. It exists that somewhere. That lighthouse that looks like a pile of candy yeah. is definitely real. Yeah, it's definitely real. Right. Have you ever seen a lighthouse that looked exactly like that? Yeah, I did one time eat a lighthouse. That's and true. It was pretty sweet and delicious. What a crazy weekend that was. <laughs> that was yeah. crazy. We went to the corn maze. Was it the candy lighthouse? made of saltwater taffy? Uh, oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, wash right away. You just take the <laughs> Rainbow Road through the Rocky Mountain Choco Hills, and you get yeah. to the Candy Lighthouse. I'm going to say Benny is real. I don't think Lenny is real anymore, or at least Lenny is kind of real, as real as she can be. But Benny is definitely real. Thank you for raising your finger again. Do you have a question? Is that how that works? <laughs> no, I just <laughs> well, okay, fuck okay. you for saying okay, Aubrey Plaza teach <laughs> over here. <laughs> uh, do you have a question, Frida? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you just think Benny's real? Yeah, just Benny. I don't even think David's Alex, real. You're I not think... even trying. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. I have Benny no show? idea. We're in too deep. I don't Driving know what is mad. real. Every time, last time I thought the cake was real. Now I don't even know if the cake is real. I have cake's, no idea. Cake's not real, bro. F this show. I oh, think Benny come on. may. Are Benny you may. You don't no, like it? I love this show. I it's think Benny fantastic. may have been real in a memory, but in the, his current context on the show, he's just a fucking weirdo. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> yeah. What's the difference, man? This show is spinning my clock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to Inside Legion. If you would like to come see us live, we do a live show every Tuesday night in New York called Comic Book Club. That is also podcast on the Nerdist Network. If you would like to support the show and other shows we do, you can donate at patreon.com slash comic book club. We give you guys stickers and other fun, fun stuff that you can definitely check out. Uh, also, check us out at... At our Facebook page, right? Yeah, and friend us uh, so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on the show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. You can check us out at comicbookclublive.com, and we'll see you next time in the corn maze. <laughs> yeah, Frida, you want to sign off for us? Bye.